Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. There could have been no Christmas without the cradle, but casting a shadow over the cradle was a cross. If the cradle is the beginning of the story, the cross represents the main body of the Christmas story. It explains why it is that Jesus came to earth. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffers. With the extra dose of chaos that the holiday season usually brings, it's easy to lose sight of what Christmas is really all about. But today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress brings us back to the heart of Christmas by looking at three symbols that reveal its true meaning, the cradle, the cross, and the crown. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Our December teaching series is focused on Christmas and called Celebrate the Savior. But before we begin the message, I'll start with some very good news. Over the past 12 months, we've been able to identify trusted broadcast partners who are helping us bring Pathway to Victory to some of the most volatile countries on earth. It's been quite an investment because this endeavor requires that we translate my messages into the local languages. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled that God has given us the opportunity to reach out to places like Ukraine, Russia, and Israel. And now it's time to replenish our resources at Pathway to Victory so that these new ministries continue without interruption. To accelerate this process, friends of Pathway to Victory have come together in order to establish a remarkable matching challenge in the amount of $525,000. As a result, Every dollar you give during December to the ministry of Pathway to Victory will be multiplied times two. So today, your generous gift of, say, $100 becomes $200. Your gift of $500 becomes $1,000. Some in our listening family are prepared to give even more. Now, as a thank you for your gift to Pathway to Victory, I'll be sending you the brand new 2023 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional. A bit later on, I'll give more details about this beautiful book. At more than 500 pages, it's the finest devotional we've ever published. But right now, let's turn our attention to the study of God's Word. I titled today's Christmas message, The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown. Methodist minister Monk Bryan tells a story about driving to church one Christmas Sunday morning with his family. His young son asked him a question. He said, Dad, are you going to allow us to enjoy Christmas this morning, or are you going to explain it? (laughs) I understand how that little boy feels. You know, the fact is, those of us who are pastors sometimes feel the need to overly explain the meaning of Christmas. And there's a reason for that. We've allowed secularists to obscure the meaning of this holiday. Even religionists have perverted the meaning of Christmas, missing the entire point of Christ coming. So there is a need to explain Christmas. But today I want us to do more than explain Christmas. I want us to experience it, to enjoy it together. And that's what we're going to do in the few minutes we have this morning. If you were to ask the average person on the street, 
what are the symbols of Christmas? They would probably answer the candy cane, the Christmas tree, Santa Claus. <laughs> but today we're going to look at the three symbols that really explain the entirety of the Christmas story. And we're going to do more than simply explain. We're going to experience each of these symbols through song. The first symbol of Christmas is the cradle. This is where it all began, at least from a human perspective. The late designer Versace was one time asked if he believed in God. He said, yes, I believe in God, but I'm not the kind of religious person who goes to church, who believes in the fairy tale of Jesus born in the stable with the donkey. I'm not stupid. I can't believe that God, with all the power that he has, had to have himself born in a stable. It would not have been comfortable. Versace was right on one point. It wasn't comfortable for God to leave heaven and come to a manger. And yet that is exactly what happened the Apostle Paul explains what Christ did in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. One writer describes it this way. Stepping from the throne, Jesus removed his robe of light and wrapped himself in skin, pigmented human skin. The light of the universe entered a dark, wet womb. He whom angels worship nestled himself in the placenta of a peasant, was birthed into the cold night, and slept on cow's hay. What is the significance of Jesus humbling himself by being born in this cradle? Two things. The fact that Christ was willing to come and to be born under such humble circumstances reminds us, first of all, that God loves us. He took the initiative in establishing a relationship with you and with me. Pastor Tim Zingsdale tells a story about a five-year-old boy named Tommy. Tommy loved to run and play like most five-year-olds. When he smiled, people said he looked like an angel. But Tommy didn't smile much. His parents had died a few years earlier, and he was in an orphanage. One day while Tommy was out playing dodgeball by himself, he was totally unaware of what was happening right down the street at a courthouse. There, Judge Johnson was listening to a couple explain why they wanted to adopt Tommy to become their own. They had driven by the orphanage one day and seen Tommy playing outside and decided they wanted him to become a part of their family. Tommy was completely unaware of what was happening right down the street. A decision was being made that would alter the course of his life forever. You know, the Bible says that the judge of all of the universe, before the beginning of time, 
decided that he wanted a relationship with you. And he set into the plans, into motion, the plan by which you and I could be adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what this cradle represents. God took the initiative in establishing the relationship with you to put you into his forever family. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and gave himself as the propitiation for our sins. The cradle means that God loves us. But secondly, the cradle means that God forgives us. We'll talk about this more in just a moment. But God became flesh so that he could be one of us and accomplish the mission of salvation. If you've ever been to Hawaii before, you may have heard the story about the island of Molokai. The island of Molokai was used as a refuge, as a place of seclusions for those who had contracted the then deadly disease of leprosy. Uh, the lepers had to be separated from the rest of the population, so they were put on this island of Molokai. In 1873, a young dedicated priest named Father Damien volunteered to go to Molokai to spend his life serving the lepers. When he arrived, he was startled to see people suffering not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually as outcasts. They were victims of hopelessness. And because of that, they were given to acts of immorality, drunkenness, violence toward one another. What he saw on that island were people who needed hope. They had the same questions that many of us have today. Is there a God? And does he really care about us? And so in 1873, Father Damien went to this desolate island of Molokai to spend his life among the lepers. He helped them build a church, a hospital. While he was there, he built 600 coffins as well. Every Sunday, he would stand up to lead the worship service for the lepers. And he always began the service by saying the same thing, my dear brethren, but then one morning in 1885, at the age of 45, in a calm, clear voice, Father Damien, instead of saying, my dear brethren, began, my fellow lepers, I am now one of you. Jesus Christ, for no other reason than the love with which he had for us, left the realm of heaven. He came to this island of hopelessness called planet Earth. He willingly took the curse for our sin in order that he might point us to God. And that's why we say his name is Emmanuel, God with us. God became one of us so that we might be a part of his family. I want us to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the one who was veiled in flesh so that we might have a relationship with God. To celebrate what Christ did in coming to be born in this manger, let's stand together and sing the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
there could have been no Christmas without the cradle. But 2,000 years ago on that night, Jesus was born. Casting a shadow over the cradle was a cross. If the cradle is the beginning of the story, the cross represents the main body of the Christmas story. It explains why it is that Jesus came to earth. One writer says it this way, Here's a side to the Christmas story that isn't often told. Those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb were made so that the nails might be driven through them. Those little pink feet, unable to walk, would one day walk up a dusty hill to be nailed to a cross. That sweet infant's head with sparkling eyes and eager mouth was formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns upon it. That tender body, warm and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be ripped open by a Roman spear. Jesus was born to die. Jesus came to take the penalty we deserve for our sins. There is an ancient story told about a Tibetan ruler who had decreed that anyone in his nation who was caught stealing would have his hand chopped off. One day, an elderly woman was brought before the king. The king looked at her and said, you have been charged and found guilty of this crime, but because you are my mother, I will take the penalty for you. And with that, he placed his arm on the chopping block and had his hand severed from his arm. You see, if the king had simply overlooked his mother's crime, he would not have been a just king. So a penalty had to be exacted, and he was the one who was willing to bear it. The same thing is true for you and me. God is a holy God. And that's why it is impossible for God to simply look away, to look over, to excuse our sin. If he did that, he would no longer be a just God. But God was willing to take the penalty for you and me. And that's what he did when he came to suffer and die on that cross. Jesus experienced the full wrath of God so that one day we could receive his blessing. A famous religious leader made headlines just a couple of years ago when he said, even unbelievers can be saved. All who live a just life will be saved even if they don't believe in Jesus. The gospel teaches us that those who live in accordance with the Beatitudes, the poor in spirit, the pure of heart, those who bear lovingly the sufferings of life will enter God's kingdom. What he said was absolutely wrong. If there were any other way to be saved, then God did not need to come into a cradle. He did not need to suffer that excruciating death on the cross. The reason he did that was the cross represents man's only way to forgiveness and hope in Jesus. 700 years before Christ came, Isaiah the prophet prophesied of what Christ would do for us. In Isaiah 53, he writes, but he, Messiah, was pierced through for our transgressions. 
He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity, the sin of us all, to fall upon him, Jesus. The whole purpose of Christ's coming is summarized on that cross. And today, to offer our deepest thanks to God for what he did on that cross for us, I want us today to sing a special arrangement of that hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Would you stand with me as we sing?
Don't you just love the message of this familiar hymn? I certainly do. And for good reason. When we survey the wondrous cross of Jesus Christ, we're awestruck by His amazing love. In closing today, I'm asking you to join us in an all-out effort to bring this message to every corner of the globe. Gratefully, Pathway to Victory is the recipient of a generous matching challenge in the amount of $525,000. And when you give a generous year-end gift, this matching challenge enables us to double the size of your gift. We're calling it the Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. Last year, the generosity of our ministry partners enabled us to venture out in faith by launching a brand new ministry in Ukraine, Russia, and Israel. In all three cases, we're translating my messages into the local language. And this is made possible because of generous people like you. And now, we're asking you to participate in the Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. Your generous gift, received before the deadline of December 31st, will have twice the impact. But that's not all, because when you give a generous gift to the Matching Challenge, I'm going to say thanks by sending our brand new Pathway to Victory daily devotional for 2023 to your home. This is a substantive volume, and it's bound in beautiful slate blue leather. You can determine the size of your gift based on these features. Whatever amount you choose to give, it will be channeled toward piercing the darkness with the light of God's Word. Thanks so much in advance for your generosity. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous year-end gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, we'd like to say thanks by sending you the brand-new leather-bound Pathway to Victory daily devotional for 2023. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965, or it's even easier to simply go online to ptv.org. Now, when your gift is $100 or more, you'll also receive this month's Christmas teaching series called Celebrate the Savior. We'll send it on both CD and DVD. Plus, the CD includes beautiful Christmas music performances from the First Baptist Dallas Choir and Orchestra, like the one you heard earlier in today's broadcast. Remember, your contribution right now will effectively be doubled in impact through our Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. So be sure to get in touch right away, 866-999-2965, or go to ptv.org. You could also send your donation by mail, P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Join us again for Part 2 of the message called The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown. That's coming up Friday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.